Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and the world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. As always, speaking to you in my speaking to you rather in my own voice, saving America and the world at large from itself. And as always, starting with me. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I thank you, particularly on this particular show. One day after uh, a new president is sworn in and, and, and a beautiful, hardworking vice president, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to the show. It's my privilege. It's my privilege. You know what I like about life is, is, is you meet people that have your same sense of values and, and, and same ideals and so forth. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you, we all don't get along, which is fine, which is fine. But I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to serve you. Always has, always will be. Whether I walk someone across the street or I help my neighbor take out or put in her garbage or, 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 or take the oath of enlistment to serve in the armed forces or to volunteer my time and efforts as a firefighter, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to serve. And, and as busy as you are in these trying times, and again, ups and downs, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you strike, you know, you hit all those up. Uh, uh, and, and, and what is it? In bowling, you knock down all the pins, and sometimes you get gutter, gutter balls. But thank you for taking the time, your valuable time, to listen to the show. And again, as always, uh, I may not be, I'm obviously not your best host, but I will always give you my best. So thank you for listening. And our first question in every show is always, how are you? How are you doing? I, I got so many questions and phone calls and emails and texts and ever since two weeks ago with the invasion of, uh, of, of, of the Capitol, and it was an invasion. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the news was so fast and so furious, you know, I might have even reported things that I, you know, we weren't, I thought I didn't know it was that organized. I really didn't. But it was. And uh, hopefully you're doing well now and better now and get some sleep because some people thought, you know, we were gonna, the Capitol was going to be attacked yesterday or the other state capitals would be attacked. I know there was a situation uh, last night in, in uh, Portland and Seattle. And we had a little uh, in, uh, uh, thing in, in our state capitol here in California. But I think overall, I want to make sure that, reassure you that I think we're fine. We're going to be fine. Just please, one step at a time, one breath at a time. But I know a lot of people are between COVID and getting in line and, 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 and they find out they can't get a shot. You know, they've been waiting there for hours. I know a lot of people are kind of tired and just, just tired mentally, physically, spiritually tired. That's why I always say, ladies and gentlemen, please, and all that you do, Please take care of you. Get some good rest. Get some good exercise. Do your Tai Chi. Take your walks. Walk your dog. Sit down. Eat Haagen-Dazs. Mix in the Slim Fast. It all works out in the end. You know, and, and this sounds terrible, but if you have a libation and, and, and if a, another half glass of, 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 of wine makes you feel, you know, just, just mm, makes you get new, uh, that nice feeling, that Nirvana feeling, if that works for you, God bless I just want to make sure that you are in a state of grace. Write that down if you're taking notes. That would be on the test. I want to make sure that you are in a state of grace because you can't take care of your family and friends, your loved ones, your lover, 
you can't be a good neighbor or a daughter or a son, an auntie, an uncle. You can't because we're going to, the president gave us a challenge. He laid down the gauntlet. It's not going to be him. It's not going to be Ms. Harris. It's going to be all of us together. We're going to have to pull this load. He reminds me of, of Truman. He reminds me of, of, of Roosevelt. He reminds me of all good leaders. And that's what this whole thing is about. It's not about the one person. It's the bigger picture of things, ladies and gentlemen. I just got off the phone with my son. And I just told him, I said, I always say I love you, but I said, I don't think I tell you enough how proud I am of you and what you're doing with your son and how you're leading your son. SJ's not even two. And, 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 and we're all leading him in a certain direction, hopefully to be a good person and hopefully to be of service and as always to be happy because life is hard, ladies and gentlemen. This last year, unbelievable. And the year before that for me personally was death in so many ways, so many ways. But you know what? Every day is a new day. There is always a new hope. So please keep that faith in yourself. Do what you can for the moment. But again, and all that you do, please take care of you. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, the name of the show, this show, I forget if this is 18, 19, or 20 show. I forget. I'm sorry. No excuse for that. My, my, what, what a difference two weeks makes. Now, I know I was going to do a show last week. I was, but uh, I'm, I'm working on a huge project that's taken up all my time, and I'm splitting things back and forth. That's no excuse. And sometimes I get, you know, hey, where's the new show, Dave? But I wanted to make sure things kind of settled before I gave you this show because so much has happened in the last two weeks. But, you know, it's amazing, too. Look at it this way. What a difference two weeks makes. Just think about that. Whether it's, it's, it's your diet or maybe you can fix that relationship. Maybe you can repair that, that, that bridge, have a better foundation. Two weeks is nothing. But what an intense two weeks it was, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the Capitol was under attack. We now know that some of these people were armed. And we now know that some of them did recon days before the attack. And now they're calling it domestic terrorism. Well, you know, it's amazing. We, we defend ourselves. We spend so much money and our military might and homeland security or homeland insecurity against against foes who have no face, and now we have to lurk inward because so many people, 74 million people voted for then-President Trump. That is a large, large number. And a lot of these people are disenfranchised, and they're very, very upset. And I understand this. I want to understand it. I want to understand it more, in a sense, so we can repair, we can build again. But I think the pendulum has swung, and we'll talk about that at the very end of this. So please stay with me. But two weeks ago, our, our capital was under attack. They were hunting, hunting for Vice President uh, Pence. They were hunting for Miss Pelosi. Unbelievable. And you know what one of the best heroes of that was? And, and, and again, they didn't give out that intel until like just a few days ago. You can see the video of this Capitol Guard. And he's got a little stick. He's got a little metal extender stick. And he's acting like, uh-oh, you're coming to get me. Uh-oh, hey, man, uh-oh. And he's going up the stairs backwards, trying to call in. I need help. Give me some help. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was leading these people away from the chambers. 
buying time, putting himself at extreme risk. I thought for sure that one guy with the beer was just going to attack them and beat them up, and it would be a frenzy. Because as you know, we lost, what, five, six people to this attack? Someone's going to have to answer for it. I mean, the, the smartest, dumbest thing they did was doing selfies and YouTubing and bragging in bars with Hennessy and cigars. We took America back. This is our country again. Really? That's just terrible. Because in a word, it is. It's appalling. It's unprecedented. And ladies and gentlemen, as a veteran and as a, as a Samaritan, I think it's un-American. The chant, Hunt Mike. How did you go from, I love the pants, he's amazing. He's, he's the best vice president ever. Love him so much, I hug him all the time. I, I just love the pants. To, Mike, I hope you can do the right thing. Do it. Stand up. Stand up. You're my guy. You better, better, better do the right thing. And then a few minutes later, hang Mike Pence. That is just, does that sound logical to anybody? I never understood how people fall in love. They form a union. They get married. They live together. They have children. They raise a family. And then maybe it doesn't work out. And, and, and the odds are against a, a perfect union, per se, a marriage. I've never understood, and it breaks my heart. Oh, I never liked so-and-so. Oh, he's just a terrible, the worst person in the world. I knew that when I first met him. Really? What does that say about you and your judgment? Because I know we always want to be above it. We always want people on our side. I mean, that's just human nature. But I've never, I, I, I just, it breaks my heart when I hear that because I'm going, you're actually saying terrible things about yourself. And especially if you have children. The smartest thing I did when my boy was young, when, when, when his mother and I divorced, I'll never forget it, and it broke my heart. We would drive home, and ha most of the time he would take a nap, and I was always so tired because I was running around trying to get things going or trying to make sure that I can support my former wife and my son. So I worked a lot. My wife didn't work. So I had to work more. And, and my beautiful son would say, and he was like eight or nine, he says, Dad, you know, they say bad things about you and that you're a loser and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and they were very hateful things. And the smartest thing I did, ladies and gentlemen, I says, you know what? I will never say a bad word about your mother. She's a good mom. She's a beautiful person. And, and, and it was a mantra. It was a mantra. And now, seeing him lead his son, his values that hopefully his mother and his family and I have given him so he can disseminate and he can forge ahead. Because leadership is not for the now. Leadership's like down the road. Leadership is not easy. Leadership is not being your BFFF, the creeping up on the crap dashings. Uh, I'm so, excuse me? I'm sorry. About, I'm, my staff is saying, oh, it's keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm sorry. And Mama crap Kardashian. <laughs> Always wanted to be the daughter's BFF. She wanted to go to the parties with the girls and drink with the girls and have people flirt with her like the girls. No. 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 Now, if you're doing like a, a, a girl's weekend retreat, I can see that. But to constantly be in your daughter's or children's face at a certain age just to be their friend, no. I believe I'm old-fashioned. My roadmap, my leadership, my parental plan was always the first five to seven years my job was to protect my son. 
from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Look before you cross the street. Be kind. Be polite. You know, this is the standard. And then from age 7, 8 to age 20, my job was to prepare him how to be a good adult. A good adult. Period. When I worked in juvenile hall as a counselor, as I've done thousands upon thousands of presentations to junior high and high school, I tell them the truth. Your job, young men and women, young squires, is to be good. That's it. What? Your job is to simply be good. Be a good daughter. Be a good son. Support your family. Do your chores. Apply your best in all things, whether it's sports or academics. Don't try to you know, com- be combative to your parents. What the heck? What the hell do you know? You're eight. You're 12. Really? And they all go through phases. Stephen did that. At age 14, it was a rough, rough time for him. It was a rough time, and I'm sure I should have done more, been more supportive. But I wasn't there to be his BFF. Now, there were times that we were just so close, and we did things together, but we both knew, hey, these are the chores that have to be done, and and, and, and this is the roadmap that we're going to do. Well, what about my other friends? They don't have to. I don't care about your other friends. I just care about you. I'm responsible for you. Again, leadership is way down the road as far as I'm concerned, and leadership is never about the you, the me, the what, the I, the proverbial we, the royal we, as they say in the Big Lebowski. And, and, and you know, looking at what happened two weeks ago, how, how did we go from, 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 from uh, trying to transition to taking over the capital? And, 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 I, and I thought about this, and this is something that we have to address. The president said he's going to address it. I know that the vice president, went, and here's the thing, we all need to address this. The answer to, 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 to that invasion or how we got to that road or how we got to that fork in the road, I believe was just a slow rancer. A slow rancer, a boil of hatred and division. I remember Trump saying, you know, there's dynamite behind every door. And yet the dynamite was him. It started years and years and years ago. He was He was a showman. He always wanted... People to admire him, to respect him, to stop what they're doing and, and give him ag- adulations. It was a slow, slow, it's, it's almost like a fire. It's almost, it's like anything. You know, it was, it was it, to me, it was a crack within character. I, 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 and, and, and Trump was good about this. He always knew as a showman how to pull a thread, how to incite. Again, he just wanted to be recognized. He wanted to be adored. And we... Whether you like him or not, we fed into this. We actually helped to create what I call Trumposaurus. Trumpzilla. You know, it's that old Godzilla story. And I'm sure I mentioned this before. We bombed the Bikini Islands with atomic weapons and radiation. And and, and, and Godzilla doesn't know what he's doing. He's just like, he's taking a stroll. Oh, there goes Tokyo. There goes Mount Fuji. Ha-ha. And Trump. I'm sure he knew what he was doing, especially as a candidate. Little mantras, little mantras. Build the wall. Bad hombres. Lock her up. And people got excited about that. A lot of people were very upset about the Clinton dynasty. The Clintons did get away with a lot. You're supposed to live. You're supposed to be a resident of New York State. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's 18 months or three years. 
before you, you, you run for public office. They didn't do that. A lot of people were very upset that Mr. Bill's neighborhood got away with an awful lot. People were upset with that. Now, I admire what Ms. Clinton did. I mean, I, 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 I was kind of naive to politics back then, but I admired her as the first lady spending all that time and energy to get us health care. And I saw these guys behind her when she would be on the microphone just smiling away. I'm going, oh, my God, that's a crocodile smile. That's a barracuda smile. That tiger is hungry. They're going to get you, Hillary. Watch out. And all that time and effort for not. And I admire her for what she did for Secretary of State. It broke my heart yesterday. I'm not, again, not the, uh, the biggest fan of, 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 of Miss Hillary, but it broke my heart. I don't know if you saw it, ladies and gentlemen. She, she she's doesn't look well. Her gait, did you see her walk? I mean, I've, I've got issues with one of my feet, and i got to really suck it up sometimes. <laughs> but, man, she does not look good. But to say lock her up? And that became a mantra, and there had to be another. It's, it's almost like, I'll be back, make my day. you got to come up with another, make my uh, evening, go ahead, feel lucky, punk. you got to come up with another mantra. You're terminated. Get me through the chopper. Yeah. And that's, and that's what Trump did. And we, f- again, fed into that. He whipped people into frenzies. He, he was vicariously entertaining. I'm here to tell you today that the new America, we stand on the precipice of, 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 of we, we, will be built, we, we, we will be better because we are Americans. That gets boring. Because in this day and age, you've got to have a one nanosecond soundbite that you can throw on a T-shirt, throw on a bumper, and run for us to run with it. There's no time for a Kennedy, a speechmaker for Kennedy. There's no time for a Ron Reagan. These guys had amazing speech writers. I mean, we had the young girl yesterday, that Miss Miss Gorman, 22 years of age, brilliant brilliant poet, was writing her speech, locked lo- locked away basically, sheltered in place for herself, and she had to rewrite the speech because of the invasion, and it took her every hour of every day to formulate, I think, was it 791 words? Now, as a writer, I'm slow. It takes me a good six to eight hours to possibly craft a fair paragraph, and then we have to edit, 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 edit. I'm slow because I'm not gifted. For me to walk and chew gum at the same time is an extraordinary event. I've always said I'm the smartest idiot you'll ever meet. I make more mistakes than anybody, but I try to own it, and I try to embrace it, and, and move on. But Trump knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, and think about it. One day into his presidency, one day, and I saw his speech. I was at the, at the, at the fire station, and I, was, uh, the, the, I have a friend of mine. He's a fire captain, an extraordinary brave man, and he just adores Trump. Why? He kicks ass. Okay. Uh, how does he kick ass? Because he says he does. Oh, okay. He's going to get his better trade deals. Why? Because he's a businessman. Well, he's kind of failed on some of his businesses. No, he hasn't. That's fake. What, where did that come from? Because he says it's fake news. Um, we're one day in the presidency and there's fake news. One day into the presidency, presidency, announces biggest crowd ever. Unbelievable. They love me so much. They stopped what they were doing. Biggest, biggest crowd. And the press automatically says, no, Mr. President. I mean, you had a lot of people. 
at the inauguration. You did. But not the biggest, because here's, here's Obama, here's Reagan, here's Eisenhower. <laughs> These are called photos. Fake, fake, fake. And then, and then, and then a press, the, the, one of the press people says, altered facts. I know we've talked about this before, but let's go over this again. It's important, especially if you're a parent, especially if you're a leader, especially if you make mistakes. And we all make mistakes. Why not just say, you know what? Thank you. It wasn't, we, we misspoke about, uh, we had a lot of people there. Not the biggest one, but a lot of people came. I, I, I think I might do that one of these days. Maybe I'll take SJ there. To see, because it's not about the left or the right, but to be, and I mean, to, 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 to see a, a president sworn in is a huge thing. But altered facts, again, are you pregnant? Do you have cancer? Are you the Antichrist? You cannot alter a fact, but it just, every day became something. And it was always about him. And, 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 and it, it, it got to be a certain grind. You know, every day there was, a t- and the, 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 the tweets never stopped. And he was always slamming somebody to try, I think, to elevate himself. I get it. And I'm not trying, if, if you're a Trump supporter, I know you know this, and I'm not trying to throw acid on the face. But the, uh, is, is, is that how you raise your children? Is that how you want to raise your children? Is that how you want to be remembered? Is that going to be your legacy? Because that's the problem about leaders. What is the legacy you're leaving? I'm so proud of my son. He just adores his son and protective of his son and has hopes for his son and, and, and loves to see his son just smile. And he sends me photos and goes, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. There's legacies involved. Here's a question. What is your legacy? Write that down. What is your legacy? You don't have to be a 22-year-old poet to have a leg- legacy. You don't have to climb Mount Everest. You don't have to find the cure for cancer. I think I, I'm very blessed. I've had people come up to me and say nice things, and they say, you know, I'm a pretty nice guy. And it just, well, thank you. I'm just doing what I'm doing, but thank you for noticing. Thank you. And I always want to spread cheer to everybody. Keep up the good work. God bless you. I'll pray for you. Something. To me, Leadership is never about yourself, but but about others. Let, let me let me. I don't do this a lot, ladies and gentlemen. But let me let me read to you, if I may, about good leadership. And let me read to you about communicating. A previous president who wanted to speak directly to the American people, unfiltered, through the media, and not just during troubled times, but during a major crisis. The model was FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Over his 12 years as president, FDR gave only 30 fireside chats. 30. His aides and the public often clamored for more, but the president, FDR, said no. Absolutely not. No. It was important to the president to talk to the major events and to make them exceptional. He also said they were hard work, often requiring him and his staff, days to prepare, days. He wrote most of those speeches, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that old saying, say what you mean, mean what you say. The evening radio addresses concerned the toughest issues facing our country. In a calm and reassuring voice, 
He explained what the problem was, what the government was doing about it, and what was expected of the people. Can we Let's say that again, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to take a sip of coffee or a drag on that cigarette or a cigar, or if you've got a, got a little bit of scotch or whiskey, take a sip and please listen again. In a calm and reassuring voice, the president explained what the problem was, what the government was doing about it, and what was expected of the people. The message was off, often grim. Two days after Japan's attack on uh, December the 7th, 1941, the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor, FDR spoke to the nation. I quote, We must share together the bad news and the good news, the defeats and the victories, the changing for- fortunes of war. So far, the news has been all bad. We have suffered a serious setback. He went on to say, and I quote, It will not only be a long war, it will be a hard war. It was, ladies and gentlemen, a question of survival. To continue with the quote, We are now fighting to maintain our right to live among the world's neighbors in freedom and common decency. In essence, FDR invited the American people in, saying, and I quote, We are all in it, all the way. Every single man, woman, and child is partner in this tremendous undertaking of our American history. Because as you know, ladies and gentlemen, Japan had inflicted serious damage and casualty list was going to be long. Seven days a week, every war industry would be required. I quote again. On the road ahead, there lies hard work, grueling work, day and night, every hour and every minute. And sacrifice... He said, and I quote, was a privilege. Japan was aligned, of course, with fascist powers with Germany and Italy. FDR called for their systematic grand strategy. A few months later, in another fireside chat, he asked Americans to pull out the world map and follow along with him as he described why the country needed to fight beyond Americans' borders. Your government, he said, has unmistakable confidence in your ability as Americans to hear the worst without flinching or losing heart. Wow. (laughs) Being a parent is not easy, and sometimes you got to be unflinching. Running a business, I have so many friends, particularly in the restaurant business, that cry and cry and cry. They say, I had to lay this person off. I know... They have babies to feed, and I had to lay this person off. But I gave them a couple bucks, and I'm going to give them some food, you know, food, and hopefully things will turn around. And they will, ladies and gentlemen. They will. They will. They will. They will. But sometimes you've got to make hard choices. I'll never forget this, ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about hard choices and, and raising kids. You want to talk about leadership. I'll never forget one time Stephen's mom was dressing, and I saw holes in her undergarments. And I felt so bad. She didn't tell me. Our son had lots of toys. Toys R Us Annex. Nice clothes. I mean, you know, not the best, you know, what fancy, but nice clothes. His mom, great cook, always cooking for the family. And being of service, she was always helping her family out. Too much so. They'd snap her fingers and she'd drive 40 miles one way to help out her family. But that's what sacrifice is about, I think. 
And yet this leader has decided uh, as a new president, he refused briefings. He had attention span of a five-year-old. He would, he would say, hey, I know more than the generals. I know more than them. Calling military stupid, dumb. Uh, you know, he fired anybody who might possibly contemplate disagreeing with him. He gutted out a lot of services. When Biden walked into the office yesterday and got a briefing about, okay, well, show us the plan that President had on getting vaccinations. Mr. President, President Biden, there, there, there is no plan. What? Sir, there is no plan. We looked. We've asked. We're not returning phone calls. We tried to do this during the transition. To our knowledge, there is no plan. And what's going to be great, we're going to see things spool up. You want to talk about warp speed, warp speed with, with, with hypersonic speed. This, 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 this administration has given me a new hope. Everybody I talked to yesterday, they said, now I can sleep. Now I can exhale. Because it's not going to be something. And again, with the, 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 with, 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 with the President Trump, if you disagreed with him, he would go to war against you. How many people love the Comey? Love this general, love my chief of staff, they're the best of the best of the best. Never liked the Comey, never, never. Knew he was a bad hombre, bad American, always bad, 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 bad. Love Bannon, if it wasn't for Bannon, I wouldn't be here. What? No, hate the Bannon, go to jail. Here's your get out of jail free card, because he pardoned a lot of people. His loyalty was not to be of service, but his loyalty was onto himself. He goes to France, they, ha- they need to have a parade for me, I'm the president, They need. it's going to be bigger than your... Bastille Parade, it's going to be awesome. How many millions and millions and millions of dollars were wasted on a possible parade to honor President Trump? That's a lot of Happy Meals, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have to do a show about basically cleaning out my closet. I'm very mad at myself. The last few months I've been doing, doing a lot of house cleaning, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I have wasted so many things, so much things that I didn't need, that I never even used. And I think to myself, gosh, that's a lot of Happy Meals, particularly on what's going on today. Trump wanted a military parade. He wanted to be on Mount Rushmore. A lot of people don't know this. He wanted to be on Mount Rushmore. And every day it was always something. I would wake up and say, gosh, are we at war? And it's amazing. I've had friends say that. Yeah, man, I would wake up and check on the news. Like, I, I, I'm a news guy now. I'm watching all the news thinking, oh, my God, what's going on? And something that broke my heart. It's a tradition, ladies and gentlemen. It's a private tradition. It's been going on for decades. When a fallen soldier comes back into Andrews, it comes back there for a reason. One of the reasons is so the POTUS, the chief the chief of the armed forces can pay tribute and meet with the families and, 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 and pay respects. Obama would do it late at night. He didn't want any press. I thought that was pretty classy. You know, and, and, and he made sure that the families were taken care of and talked to them and hold them and hug them and listen to their story. Of course, it's, it's hard to come up with words. I, I didn't know your son, but he was a great patriot and he died defending. I mean, it's hard to do that. It's hard. Trump did it basically once. And from what I understand, the widow was very, very upset. I'm not sure what the president said, or maybe he wasn't listening, 
Maybe he made it about himself. I don't know. But I do, I remember reading about this in one of these books. And how he says, I can't do that anymore. It's too hard for me. It's too painful for me. Yeah, I guess if someone spits at you and disrespects you as the president, that's got to be hard. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, there is no thought of consequence with, with, with Mr. Trump, with people like that. There's just no thought about what am I doing and how is this going to, to relate. I have a young lady in trouble right now. She's in trouble with the law. She's a young girl. She's pregnant. And, and and she's just ignorant of the the, the 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 consequences of her actions or inactions. Does that make sense? A lot of people stand around. I'm going. That's inaction. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. Do something, for goodness sakes. I have a lady, uh, uh, or pardon me, uh, uh, a person I know, who had an affair, and these things happen. I can understand how things happen. But talking to this person. What were you thinking? Well, I wasn't getting enough attention, and this person paid attention to me, and, you know, the sex was good, and that it was nice to be alive again. I go, okay, I can understand that, but what were you thinking? Your spouse found out. You're divorced. Your kids found out. You broke their trust and their young children. How do you repair that bridge? How are you going to, you know, do that? That's going to take a lot of work. Your family, your, 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 your family, your siblings don't want to talk to you. Your parents are so shocked and ashamed. What, uh, what was it? Hugh Grant got in trouble one time, the actor. I think he was trying to, f- he maybe he was drunk or something, <laughs> not himself. And he picked up a prostitute and got in trouble. He got busted. And Jay Leno, the first question he asked, he says, what in the hell were you thinking? And Hugh Grant goes, I just wasn't. And again, we're all human. I'm not judging anybody. It's just there's a bigger swath to things. Your family, your friends, your reputation, and the pain and the shame for what? For what? Some people can't look beyond their shoelaces. That's an old Russian statement. They used to say when it came to the military and to the politics, the Politburo, we never look beyond our shoelaces. Duh, just take care of things today. Rodinia, dosbedanya. To me, leaders think ahead. When parents, you raise kids and have manners. Parents always think 10, 15 years ahead. President Truman. President Truman, some people said he was the best president. Some people said he was the worst president. But President Truman was always thinking 30, 40 years ahead. Hence, the state of Israel. Eisenhower. Eisenhower took a lot of flack and a lot of money at that time to build interstate roads. He says, we've got to move commerce from A to B. It's not going to be all trains. We're going to have trucks. We're going to have systems. We're going to have a different system. And it's hard when you do something different. It's amazing. So here's my question, ladies and gentlemen. Are you at war? Are you at war with others? I used to love it when teenagers used to come up to me. Oh, I hate my mom. I hate my dad. I hate my brothers. I hate my sisters. I hate my teachers. I hate my gym teacher. Hate going to church. Hate my neighbors. Hate my grandma. Da 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 da. And my best Clint Eastwood voice. Okay, punk. And who's the common denominator? Yeah. Good luck with that. I mean, that's it. Are you at war? Are you losing sleep because you're so incensed about what happened to you 10, 20 years ago? Or maybe you know, someone did you wrong, and I understand that. You got to get that out. You got to purge it. You got to go to the bathroom, vomit it, uh, poop it out. And then wash your hands, take a shower, and move on. Everybody poops. Everybody vomits, for goodness sakes. Are you overly demanding? 
Do you have hate in your heart? What are your divisions in your own life? Are you burning bridges? Are you constantly, again, blaming others? If so, my question is this. As an adult, particularly if you're on the back nine of life, if you're 50 and above, 55 and above, how many more summers do you have left? And if you have these issues in your heart, how is that working for you? Uh, it's amazing, and I see this, and I've seen it in the last, more so in the last four years, in, 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 in part because of the, the new politics of life. Folks who freeze out others become an island onto themselves. They're all alone, and eventually they implode. It's amazing. Uh, here's a question. Tr- Trump's worst thing was not being impeached twice. He hasn't even said the I word. He doesn't really care. If there's a trial, that's not that's not in his radar. Let alone losing billions and billions of dollars. I think for Mr. Trump, and this is how it relates to you, ladies and gentlemen. Please listen. For Mr. Trump, the worst thing is he no longer has a voice. He no longer has this megaphone. He can't whip up his supporters, and I swear to you, as this as you listen to my voice. It's happening right now at this very, very moment. He's all alone like Citizen Kane. Please watch Citizen Kane, the grand Citizen Kane. He had everything. He had money. He had fame. He had Xanadu, Kublai Khan, stately pleasure, so huge, could never, never be finished. Yes, Xanadu. And, of course, Kane lived in Florida, and so does our friend Mr. Mr. Trump. It's amazing. The first president in over 150 years not to attend the inaugural. And we predicted it. Pelzer Dumas, all unknowing, all unseeing, predicted. Because, again, you got to look at the ego. And I know that would be hard for him. But, you know, God bless. God bless the Clintons and the Bushes and, 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 and the Obamas for coming. And, again, Mr. Clinton does not look well. Hillary does not look well. And they all came. Unbelievable. That's that's what you want. Usually they show up at funerals. But during a time of division, left, right, red, blue, they all gave their support. Because I really I, I personally don't care if you're left, if you're right, if you're blue, if you're red. I don't know what I am half the time, but I do know one thing, I'm an American and I want to be a good American. And and our, our Mr. 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 Trump is now all alone. They didn't even do the tea ceremony. I really thought Melania would do that. I mean, that's right up her alley. She wears nice clothes. She's got nice things to greet the incoming. I mean, if you really think about it, that showed a lot of character with Obama and Miss Obama. It really did because Mr. Trump, candidate Trump, even before he was a candidate, was saying horrible things about Obama. He's not one of us. He's fake. I have something here. I have the I have the birth certificate. I'm going to show you one of these days. Trust me. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and show you. Mr. Trump, you're on the show. Show us now. No, later, later. He even said that before the attack on the Capitol. I've got things I'm going to show you. I've got proof about the voting. I've got proof right now I can show you. I'm going to show you sometime today. Later, later, later. Really? If you love someone, you tell them I love you. You don't wait. You have to cure for cancer. Guys, I've got it. I've got the vaccine. I've got it. You do it now. But again, it's just a a different thing. And right now, he has no voice. 
He's been kicked off the Internet, social media. Uh, what's it called? Tweeter? I'm sorry. <laughs> the man has no voice. And the man, again, is an island onto himself. Even the Proud Boys have abandoned Trump. You know they used to call him? Hail Emperor Trump. Hail Emperor Trump. Does that sound like Hail Mark Anthony? All hail Caesar? That the Proud Boys who adored him, who waited on his every command, who gave the Proud Boys an excuse to incite needless violence, now they're calling him, and I quote, they call him a total failure, a weak. He's a shill. And you know what's amazing? And this is where the thread comes. The thread that can build into a rope that we can use to build the bridge. Here's where the thread is. And I pray and pray and pray this happens. The Proud Boys have stated of Biden, and I quote, the incoming administration, at least we know they're honest about their intentions. What's that song by the who? We won't be fooled again. There's some. There's some uh, good good trivia for you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I have to say this. This is not about Trump. Never has, never will. It's really about you and I. It's about all of us. In this new year, we all have resolutions. I'm sure I've broken just about all of mine (laughs) already. Here's my question, ladies and gentlemen. What do you intend to do? What do you intend to do for yourself? What do you intend to accomplish? What do you intend to do to step up and step out of your comfort zone? Do you wish to scorch the world? Or do you wish to plant a garden of beauty and hope? I love gardening. You have to take care of the garden. Uh, Being there with our friend uh, uh, Peter Sellers before he passed away, Chancey the gardener. You have to tend the garden. You've you got to make sure it has all the nutrients, the, the right soil, the right, the, the, the right amount of water, and it grows, and then, and then it, and it doesn't grow, and you got to always renew the garden, the garden of beauty and hope. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, w- again, what a difference two weeks makes. We went from chaos at the Capitol with a military lockdown Walls, barriers being erected, 25,000 troops. And by the way, with one man's insanity, how did it affect hundreds of thousands of people? People coming into work into D.C., trying to do a transition, trying to serve their country for minimal pay. A lot of these volunteers going through all that. 25,000 troops sleeping on the floors of the Capitol. No cots, just MREs. How did it affect their children, their loved ones, their other lives, their other duties? That's what kind of makes me a little upset. It's just, it's just what is that saying? Uh, 25,000 troops. But the needs of democracy prevailed. They outweighed the rancher of the one. Let's say that again. Even with 25,000 troops at our nation's capital, and there was a lot more CIA or, or uh, what do you call it, Secret Service agents, FBI agents, a lot, just because of one, per- one person's answer. But basically, the needs of democracy prevailed and outweighed the rancor of the one. Even with COVID, ladies and gentlemen, all those flags, 
all those flags. And we had Garth Brooks, our gal pal, God bless her, Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez. We had that beautiful young lady, Miss Gorman. I, it, was, it was weird because if you notice, it started to snow. And I thought, okay. Because they talked about moving it inside for security reasons. And, 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 and Mr. Biden says, no, let's do this outside. Let me check with Harris. Harris, you go with this? Okay, we're doing it outside. I like how they work together as a team. They're going to be a great team. And it was amazing. It started to snow, and then the skies cleared. And if that's not a sign from G. Diddy, I don't know. And I loved Biden's speech about unity. You can tell that it was a well-thought-out thing, and he stayed the script. I'm sure Trump has had great speechwriters, but he just gets off script because it's all about him. I love how Mr. Biden, President Biden, he, he, he said, and he quoted our friend Lincoln, a divided country, a divided house, and how he wanted to bring the house together. I love how Mr. Biden said he dedicated his soul to be of service. He dedicated his soul of the honor, the privilege of being of service. I felt the same way when I held Stephen. My life just changed. I was so scared for obvious reasons. I was horribly abused. I'm horribly, I was horribly disconnected. Still kind of am. <laughs> Antisocial. I can't do anything right. And yet, I just, I'm sorry. And Stephen felt the same way. I remember asking him, says, when you, when you, when you held SJ, he says, Dad, I, I don't know what it is. There was a disturbance in the fools. He's a big Star Wars fan. He says, well, hopefully not the dark side. Thank you. But isn't that amazing? Because now you have this awesome responsibility. And being a parent is hard. And making decisions is hard. And living with COVID is hard. And trying to get a vaccine is hard. Robin Peter to pay Paul is so hard. And it never, never ends. But it's on the road, being a parent. Being on the road to, to see things unfold before you as time. Again, I'm 60. I'm seeing things with my son that just melts my heart. That's the best job of being a parent is you can kind of just let go and let God and let them find their way. Because, again, ladies and gentlemen, I truly, truly mean this. This is not about Mr. T. This is about us individually or as a family or as Americans to look deep within ourselves and having a fresh start, a new hope. I've learned more about being a good person with folks in recovery. They teach me that every day is a new day, that you do things one day at a time. And, and I got to tell you, like two years ago, it was hard. I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk about how hard it was. I have no right to talk about that compared to what people are going through. It was heartbreaking, and it still aches me. And sometimes I would just have to go five minutes at a time. That's why I say to you, do what you can for the now. It's only for the now. That pain is only for the now. When you're going through hell, you just keep going. But with every day, it's a fresh start. That's why every four years, we get a new hope, a new hope for a brighter future, a brighter future, a better day. And I think with yesterday, and I'm sure the honeymoon's going to end in a couple of days, and the press will attack Mr. President Biden and Harris. That's just normal. They'll question every – they were already – launching questions at Harris. What about this? What about this? Even the president, what about this? And he said, no, please stop. It's just overwhelming. But we have a fresh, fresh start. Because here's what I want to leave you with, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, we all breathe the same air. 
we all want best for our children. All problems are created by man. All problems can be solved by man. So I say, ladies and gentlemen, here's your homework assignment. I say you, I call upon you. If you listen to three or four of these shows, you're a good person. I'm going to say something that's going to irk you a little bit. I may say something stupido, which, of course, I do. But I try to be, at best, pure of heart. So I call upon you, ladies and gentlemen, to do something. Do three nice things a day for someone. Make their life a little bit better. I gave away a few jackets. I told this person, okay, give this jacket to someone who needs it. Not you, but someone who really needs it. Yeah, I can do that. And give them five bucks. Called up, hey, how's that thing going? Well, I, I didn't do what you said. I gave the jacket away, but I gave him 20 bucks to a homeless person. I went to Mickey D's in Santa Rosa a few weeks ago. I was doing some shopping. I'm very careful now of doing my shopping. Do I really need this? That instantaneous pleasure thing? I've already got 10 of these things, five of these things. But I only shop for things I really need. And I went to Mickey D's. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's one of my weaknesses. And I saw something I never saw before. I saw a tent city at Mickey D's. Because people are homeless and people are tired and people are sleeping in their cars. It's terrible. So I call upon you, ladies and gentlemen. These will not be easy times. We still have a ways to go. Let's be good. Let's be appreciative. I call upon you, ladies and gentlemen, to do something nice. I call upon you to, to, to call someone. Leave a voicemail. If you can't, talk to them. If you can't, Zoom somebody. Take your biggest adversary, your biggest foe, and, 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 and find, find a way to cross that aisle. You don't have to go to total war just because you disagree with somebody, particularly if you have children, particularly if you're going through a divorce, particularly if, you know, you broke up. That person's dead to me. I need stop, stop, stop. When you kill someone, you're killing a piece of yourself. You as a listener to this show, are better than that. You're better than that. You want happiness? You want peace? You have to make the peace. You have to be happy within yourself. So I say reach out. Send a card. Make an appearance. Build a bridge of a foundation for a higher cause. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Well, we're almost wrapping up here, and I appreciate your time. I'm going a little long, but that's okay. This is important because I want to leave you with something beautiful. Didn't have to think about this. Didn't have to pray about this. And I saw it. I said, whoa. I want, I want to introduce you to a, a, a beautiful person, a fine American who uh, uh, had issues as a young person. I think there were some issues with uh, hearing or speech. And, and this beautiful young lady, Miss, Miss Amanda Gorman, poet extraordinaire. Boy, didn't she look great. Everybody's in their black jackets and scarves and hats. And here she comes out in beautiful, beautiful yellow. Stevie Wonder even saw it. it was, she was so bright, Stevie Wonder can see it, per se. If you don't know who he is, you can Google him. So let me, let me leave you with part of Miss Gorman's uh, poem. It's, it's basically the last part of the last paragraph. And I'll try to, I cannot say it as eloquent as Miss Gorman. She's, she's going to, she says she wants to run for president. Well, she's got my vote. She's on her way. That's what I love about greatness. 
is you can see greatness in front of you and how greatness will, will become great deter, particularly if you're of service. Particularly if you're of service. Here's the last part of our last paragraph. There is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Let's do that again. There will always be light. If only we are brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new hope. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, as always, house cleaning. We want to thank our good friend Pat Metheny of the Pat Metheny Group and his management and his musicians for allowing us the privilege of, 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 of having his music. Please go to his website, get some of his CDs, listen to them. If you're driving around, if you're taking your walk, th th this, this is it. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen. This was a very important show. I hope and pray you got something out of it, and I challenge you again to be part of that solution. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, in the course of a life, one never knows what events may transpire. That's why I say take a deep breath. Exhale. Just breathe. Just breathe. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, on this show, you're not alone. Maybe you physically live alone and you think you're alone. You're not alone. You think you're having a bad day. Please look at the news. You're not alone and you're cared for. And I pray. If you can pray for me, I'll pray for you. And just remember, ladies and gentlemen, you have to keep that faith because one never knows what the tide's going to bring in the next day. So, as always, this is your host, Dave Pelzer, speaking to you in my own voice, saving America from itself and the world at large, starting with me. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, please do as much as you can for as long as you can or as many as you can. Until next time, my good friends, please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and God bless. Thank you.